0: The following is another dynamic message by Ryan Jacobs. Prophet, teacher and leader of the Empowered Church. Hallelujah. Amen. Can you hear me? Amen. Glory be to the name of Jesus. Can we see the... You can see the board there, right? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So this is the... This is the Second time we have this conference, the last we had is in 2017, and um, it has always been in, you know, intended to be an annual conference, but somehow the Spirit of the Lord have not unctioned or indicated or signified that He wanted it in 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021. But the Lord, you know, at the end of, um, towards the end of 21, ministered that it should, we should have a purpose and destiny conference this particular year. Amen. And so this, in the terms of Karos, in the, this is a special moment in the mind and heart of God. And, um, and so tonight, I don't intend keeping us a long time and um but um we do want to just lay a foundation my sister you can see via the camera you can see the board on your side on the on your camera amen if you can see it i'm happy amen and you can see it from that side there and you can of course see it from that amen hallelujah and so The theme of this particular year's conference is is Movers and Shakers. Amen. 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 Life is eternal. Life is spiritual. And life is intended to be lived in that manner. And many people, most people on the planet, live life haphazardly, live life without eternal intent or consequence i think just this week some young man passed away that was apparently worth hundreds of millions of dollars at the age of 31. and uh, you wonder you look at the story you, you you remember the words of jesus he said, "What does he profit a man if he gains the whole world, yet he forfeits his own soul?" You ask the question, you know, and this I ask all the time, when I see people of high esteem, people that have achieved more than most people in life on this life, and as far as the world's things will ever achieve, and then they kill themselves or they. The guy of a drug overdose, or you know, um, in our book we mentioned the guy that jumped off the mountain, you know, a few years back. Yeah, multi-millionaire. Think of this young man that passed away now. I think they said when his net worth was like 300 million, 300 million U.S. dollars. At the age of 31, now with that trajectory, you know, he was he was on his way to be a billionaire, and um, at the age of 31. And you think of it, now he is uh, no longer with us. And I was listening to the Bible on, on, uh, on MP3 uh, just, I think, today. And um, gee, and I think it was the, it was the Gospel of St. Luke. And it was the story of the man that said, you know, uh, I'm going to build uh, my bonds. He says, what can I do? He says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tear down what I have, and I'm going to build bigger bonds. And I can look at it and see that my wealth is going to be, I'm going to have enough for many years. And God spoke to the man, whether the man heard it or not, he says, you fool. Tonight, your life, your soul, your life will be required. You're going to die tonight. You deny, your life will be required of you. And such is the nature of, of, of life. And many people, there is, a, there is a beginning and the end. The Word of God says there is a time to be born and a time to die. Everything to everything we looked at it, uh, you know in in, in in the in the church service now just the other day that to everything there is a chronos. There is time. I there's the beginning and the end, there's a cycle. Not an indefinite cycle, but a cycle. It has a, who has a, which has a start, a definite start, and a definite finish. And the wise man captures and harness and maximizes that time. But unless that time is taken into eternity, that person is playing with their lives. Because what happens to, the, to that rich man in the story of Jesus when his life is required of him? And that life, there is no after, when he, when he breathes out his loss, there is no place where he has to come with his balance sheet in, uh, in euros or US dollars or in shekels or, 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 or whatever currency. It is not there. There is no such account like that. Men will not give an account of how much their bank balance was. Men will not give an account. Of how much they saved the planet, how much they did to the ozone layer. At that time the only thing that is better going to be there, that was here on earth, was is people. People are the only thing, is the only thing that will be in heaven that has been on the earth. And many people love life with that and so they have no clue or with true purposes, And so they have the saying exactly what they had in the wilderness. When they built a golden calf. The Bible said they, 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 you know, they, they ate, they drank, and they rose up to play. In other words, they ate, they drank, and then they played. And today what do people do? What? They work. So that they can eat, they can drink, and they can rise up to have fun and play and enjoy life. It's like uh, the preacher saying in Ecclesiastes, it's a ceaseless chasing after the wind. Vanity upon vanity, a ceaseless chasing after the wind. Many people live life exactly like that. A ceaseless chasing after the wind. And so that is not purpose. So the the issue we have in in the body of Christ is that we take our meaning of life from them who have no meaning beyond this life. So we pay hundreds of dollars, we go to seminars to learn of people, to teach us how to live this life. Yet at the end of their life, They would have wasted their life. Now, if you follow their footsteps, Jesus said, the blind, if the blind leadeth the blind, both will fall into a ditch. And many times, people that are God's people, that was on the path to eternal life, Entering by the narrow straight gate on the narrow path by following them that have gone in by the broad way and walk in the broad path that leadeth to destruction. They follow these people, the ideas, these philosophies, their values on their way to destruction. And they end up, many having started in the spirit, become bewitched and end up in the flesh. Many Christians, I've been a Christian for a long enough time to understand that not all who started with me finished well. They are them that started with me, stronger, more potential, but gained the philosophy of the world, the thinking of the world, of this world system pursued the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life, otherwise the highest achievements you can get under the world's system, the world's ways, world's motivation, and they ended up their lives destroyed. Jesus called it the deceitfulness of riches. He called it the case of his world. And so that is not the way to live life. And so many people, that's why in the body of Christ, when you talk purpose, they they have all these motivational speakers, they fill the churches, they fill the programs, they are there. But these ones themselves are going to a lost eternity without Jesus. And if you follow them, you're going to end up in a ditch. You may even end up in the lake of fire. And so it is important to understand the eternal value of life. Before we even start to really speak in, in this conference and start to deal with a certain topics, we have to v- realize the eternal value of life. Yes. That God, who is eternal, a spirit, the invisible God, gave birth to this, the visible life. God, the invisible spirit, formed man from the dust of the earth. Put the eyeballs there. Put the ears by the side of the head. Put the sensitivity to the skin there. Put the taste in the mouth there. That God by His Spirit is the one that gave everything to us. All the senses we now use and celebrate. And by this we put value to something. We we ascertain, we look at, we evaluate. And we look at it and we give value based upon our senses. And we say, this is important. But we forget the measurement, the instruments that we use, the faculty that we use, which is basically our brain, that processes, that process the, 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 the signals that come through the five senses, and we put our Value. We, we ascertain what life is about based upon these instruments that are byproducts of creation. They are not the source. We, we, we're looking at leaves and at certain fruits, but we're not even looking at the root. Yeah. And so in life, understand life is eternal and the spirit of God made us. The breath of your mighty has given us life. And so that spirit of God and that breath of life is who we need to consult and what we need to use to determine the purpose of this physical life and also the destiny of this not only physical life, but this eternal life. It is important. Many people are overcome With so much information and knowledge, knowledge is key. But you see, it depends what knowledge, it's key to what. So if I have knowledge of computers, I can unlock certain code. If I have knowledge of flowers, I can unlock certain mysteries of flowers. If I have knowledge of certain things, of the stars, of the moon. Of this, the solar system, I can unlock certain mysteries there. But that does not say that I would just but if I don't have the right kind of knowledge, I will never able to, able to unlock my purpose and destiny. And so I have to go down to the source code by trying to get to the source code. But the source code that God used, that the, what gave rise is spirit. And so you and I have to now, if we ever begin, even before we mention purpose or destiny, we have to understand that life is eternal and that value we must ascertain. That life is spiritual because the spiritual is the eternal. The Word of God says that what can be seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And so life has an eternal purpose, an eternal destiny. Life has a purpose and a destiny that, this, that is invisible, that the senses cannot pick up. Therefore, it says, when the rich man, Jesus told the story. He said, when the rich man, there, was a, there, was, there used to be a rich man and there was a beggar called Lazarus at his gate. And Lazarus was very poor and very sickly and very And At the time he was so poor and he used to pet at the rich man's gate. So Abba was the rich man's enemy and exit every day. Lazarus was there. When you look out by the window, out by his estate, you will see Lazarus right there. And the dogs used to lick the wounds from Lazarus. But there came a day that it said that Lazarus died and the rich man died says, Lazarus was carried away by the angels of God into Abraham's bosom. The rich man did not see. He only saw Lazarus dead. No need anymore. Whoever came to collect his body, took it and buried it. But God, Jesus was very clear. He says, the angels came and carried Lazarus' spirit. Into Abraham's bosom. In other words, Lazarus continued. The rich man could not see that. He went into Abraham's bosom. He went into the way that the father of faith was. He went to the promise of God. But the rich man, the Bible says, he opened his eyes in hell. He did not see himself move to hell. He didn't see who took him to hell. He just opened his eyes in hell. That means that all his life his eyes was closed. To the eternal value and the eternal realm. Until he had, no, until he had nothing to know or to do beyond that riches. But that day, one day it was over. And he just... His eyes opened. There was nothing. He just opened his eyes, Jesus said. In hell. It's like he fell asleep and he woke up. That's how you can see the correlation between Jesus' story about the man that went to sleep this night. Why? Because he closed his eyes. He's in the middle of the night. So he would close his eyes and wake up. When the wet man went to sleep and he woke up in hell. You cannot live life like that. Many of the world's riches, the billionaires, the millionaires that you celebrate and value and aspire to be like, but are teaching you about purpose and destiny, they will too close their eyes in this world and they will too open it up. The, the, the musician, the actress, the star will too close their eyes. Many have, many will this year close their eyes and open it in hell. They live life without vision. They live life without meaning. They just chase to win. And all they can give us is a memory, a memory we must keep alive. Hum- humanity must keep alive. Humanity must remember them. The radio station, the, 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 the social media channels must play the music, must show us the videos. I remember watching a piece of, in, of, of London and they were showing yesterday so-and-so and then we remember, oh yes, there used to be a guy 10, 15 years ago, he had the world at his feet and now he says his family, still, somebody still lives here, but he still is a stay. But where has he been? He was was a known Satanist. Where has he been for the last 10, 15 years? But somebody's living there. Know the value of life and the nature of life is eternal. And with that, now you can view life correctly. The ultimate destiny is of Jesus forever. Or, oh, to the one that's believed not, to the lake of fire forever. It's not popular, but it's true. Men die. Ele membrava sotreas. And so we must know the value of life more than anything else. In life, we'll do many things. But remember, life is about Jesus. He is the invisible God. The one that created all things, he has preeminence before and over all things. He is the Alpha and Omega. He said, I'm the first and the last. So life is about Jesus. It is to love that eternal word, to know that eternal word, Jesus, and to be like that eternal word, Jesus. Now, Jesus, however, is about many things. Jesus is about each and every one of you. And each and every one of you is unique. You are unique. Not only are you unique, you are very complex. And Jesus is about every one of our complexities. Individualities. Then inside of your personality, you yourself have many interests, many dreams, many hopes, many aspirations. Every one of you have a story. Jesus is about that story. And so we should never get lost. So, so when we deal many times in the body of Christ, like the conference-like verse or, or whatever else of programs we have, we have a certain theme, we look at the aspects of it, and so forth and so on. We must always remember at the, at the center and the essence and in the preeminence of all living things and everything we discuss is Jesus. Amen. But we speak about other things because it is in His mind. Mm. All these other things are in His mind. Amen. Who made The bird that you hear in the morning chirping. Who made the the sunrise that you will enjoy tomorrow. The sun, the wind. The stars now outside. The moon. You know how complex it is. scientists have been studying just the nature. Since the beginning. And I still have more questions than answers. It's complex. But who made that? It is in the mind of God. Human psychology, even the physical body, is being studied from the beginning. Human psychology, the way the mind works, the psyche, has been studied since the beginning. It's still being studied. And yet we have more questions than answers. Who, who's, whose business is that? That's God's business. Yes. It's, it's very complex, as God? He thinks of many things. And we can get lost in the many things He thinks about. But let us not get lost in the many things He thinks about. Let's get lost in Him. Amen. Many, many topics, many things we, we, we can talk about, many things we will point out during this conference. But never forget life is eternal. Life is spiritual. Life is about Jesus. Amen? Amen? Amen. That is the purpose. And Jesus is the destiny. Amen? Amen. So do not be confused and say we didn't talk about Jesus. We are talking about Jesus. Amen? Amen. But there are certain practicalities. If life is about walk, if you need to walk, there's a process that you came to walk. When you were a baby, into what you're doing now. Walking. Upright. Right. It was a process. And so it is with purpose and destiny. Now, versus is movers and shakers. <laughs> now, I said very, you know, I gave you the whole journey of, on the natural people. Because uh, movers and shakers is a, it's a term we use in the world. To make that person that is making the waves and making impacts, and God wants to through you through His people in 2022 and beyond to be to to move and to shake, Amen. Yeah. To make impact. Yeah. This year for us, our revelation God gave us is versus a year of mobility. Yeah. We up and rising, moving and shaking, spreading and taking. Even in the movement, all those things are intentional. You must make a decision to do so. Amen. Jesus said, "Let us go over to the other side." It was a storm, but they had to make a commitment. Amen. So, this year is to be intended to be lived with in, with intent. Amen. You must make a decision Amen. to be up and rising, Amen. to be moving and shaking, Amen. to be spreading and taking. Amen. Therefore, we make declarations Amen. because he has said we can both be saying. We go into the high places Amen. where eagles soar. Why are we saying it? Because he said it. Amen. But I will cause you to walk upon a high place of the earth and feed you with the heritage. There is, a, there is a revelation that we had, an apocalypse, a certain understanding. And so we declare, and, and then the same word of the Lord, by the angel of the Spirit, the song of the Lord, come to, de- to decree and declare. And when we sing and we are saying we're going to a high place, we say we're intentional. Amen. Our mouths declare where we are going. Amen. And the wings of God will take us there. Amen. And so part of that purpose and destiny is when we decide, we, it is one of those intentional moves that happens on the inside of us. Yes. To move where we need to go. See, the Holy Spirit is not in the air. The Holy Spirit is not on the ground. The Holy Spirit is definitely not in heaven. The Holy Spirit is inside each one of you If you be born again. Amen. Greater is He that is in you. Amen. And we have to, you know, this is, this is basic Christianity. It's saying, you know no you're not. That ye, ye are the temple of the Holy Spirit and the Spirit of God, the, the temple dwell inside of you? Unless you be reprobate. Unless you be a false Christian. But if you are a true Christian, the Spirit of God is inside of you and you are the temple of God. And so much of the movement, the moving and the shaking starts on the inside. Now, many times in the ministry like this, because uh, we may uh, talk about angels, or we may talk about atmosphere, and, you know, people tend to uh, be, be, you know, they, they lose, just like I said, they lose uh, sight of the simplicity and the realities, The truth. The truth is, is on the inside. Just because the power flowed from Jesus doesn't mean the power came from heaven, the power came from the inside. Just because the angel appeared and strengthened Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane in the wilderness, it does not say that the Holy Ghost was now somewhere coming from the sky. Do you understand? The reality is that God is greater. God, the Holy Spirit, is greater on the inside of you than any other spirit or person that dwell on the outside. And so you, the Bible says, we have an anointing from the Holy One. And we know all things, but the self anointing we, we have received—you have received a bite inside of you, and you know meant to teach you how to abide by the same self anointing. Teaches you how to abide in Him. So much of what we do here is to help you discover, yield to, eyes open to the realities that God has already given and put inside of you. Amen? Amen. And so being a mover and a shaker is is the internal determination that you have to make yourself. You have to make a decision to come here. You could have been many places tonight. Some are watching us from the comfort of the place wherever they are. You made a decision to be here. You could have been many places. Amen. Your mobility, your, you decided to be mobile. Amen. You decided to travel here. Amen. And so, so it is in life. And so during this week, what did Jesus say? Be faithful of a little, we will make you faithful of much. Yes. If you are faithful enough to make the step, there are others that, that would have registered, and there are others. They, 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 they made the eternal determination to go to the website, to click to the upper room, to register for the thing, and then cancel or not even show. Faithful with little, faithful with much. So, faithful with being not having the, the, being immobile is also being faithful being immobile in a big way. And so, understand verse that, ah, That the kingdom of God. And we we, we will deal with some bit more complex later in the week when we deal with caros and location and geography. But one of the things that the eternal always has a path and rides on something to get into the visible. And there are certain principles, but actually there are paths that is used to transfer and transport God and the things of the Spirit into the physical life. Then there are certain keys that open realms. The Lord said in the the Gospel, St. Luke. Do you know? Maybe I'll deal with it. Late in the week. I'll deal with it late in the week. When he talks about movements, but understand that it is your determination in your heart. You must make the determination, but I'm going to be a mover and a shaker. Amen. Amen. And I'm going to see beyond Amen. in 2022. Amen. The picture that we have on here, and, you know is of a, a person looking over a city. In the dark of the night. But actually, they are looking at the stars. Looking at the heavenly. Looking at destiny. When God said to Abraham, so shall thy seed be. Look up at the sky. Like the stars of the sky, so shall thy seed be. And it was a start of journey. It was the start of destiny. For Abraham. And all purpose and all destiny starts where you have to be see beyond. But to see beyond, you must get to a vantage point to see. And we're going to deal with it a little bit sometime this week. We're not going to deal with it tonight. But I'm just laying foundation in setting certain expectations to understand where we're going. Amen. And so, even when they look at the stars and, you know, and they study of the stars, have certain, I think in Sutherland or somewhere, it's somewhere, a place where, uh, what do they, what they call it, the planetarium, what, 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 what they call those things? Where they have this eye, okay. Is it okay? But, but whatever, <laughs> whatever you say here, <laughs> my color face education cannot come back. <laughs> Please forgive me. <laughs> you see how what, what they did to us, then die what they did to me. You know. <laughs> whatever, whatever the clever, clever young people are saying. But what they do is that there's a certain point at which are using a certain instrument that they can see far. So they're not doing it from their backyard or from your backyard, yeah. They have a certain vantage point to see beyond and see further. And so, so it comes with karos. We looked at karos. We mentioned karos. How caros is, is must be seen coming, right? And so this, we want in this conference, it is the ones that see beyond that will be the movers and the shakers. Yeah. Yeah. That see beyond the visible. Yeah. Amen. See beyond the now. Yeah. That can see the future. Yeah. I'm not talking dream up one. No, no. I'm looking at seeing the reality of the future that is not yet materialized. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that will be the true movers and shakers. Yeah. Yeah. And that will not be moved and shakers. He so we, said, while we receive a kingdom, it cannot be shaken. He said, you will shake everything that can be shaken, that shall be shaken. When we receive a kingdom, it cannot be shaken. And so we are the movers and the shakers. Let's see beyond. Amen. And we will reposition ourselves Amen. at a high point, Amen. overlooking. Amen. We will see how we will move into it. Amen. It is our destiny. Amen. It is God's purpose Amen. for our lives. Amen. Amen. And so we're excited. Yeah. Amen. For the next few days. Yeah. Of course, we cannot cover everything I said there before. The more one thinks about it, the more we realize the time is short, but God's will be done. Amen. Yeah. And so our first thing that we want to look at, and it's a matter of what we're dealing about with tonight, you know, is in our book you're predestined from your mother's womb. And, um, and so, the one thing that we have to understand, you have to know that you are predestined. That is very important. It sounds simple. Even if you read the book, and read many books about it, most people still don't love it. it, 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 not, it not, Jesus, let the sayings of mine sink into your ears in the consciousness and unconsciousness of their lives, most Christians don't live a predestined life. Most Christians live a life of trial and error. They live a life of, let's see, they live a life where where they have absconded all responsibility and says, whatever God will be done, shall be done. It is not the life, they loved in the holy book. It is not the life that God, intended. it is not a life that God backs up, it is not the life where God is at. God is always in a predestinated location. God is always busy working out a foretold future. God is always busy. With predestination. In Ephesians chapter number 1. And verse number 3. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who have blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heaven and pleasure in Christ. We all want the blessing." Now the problem here is now, he tells us the blessings. is spiritual of nature. Problem one. Then he says, is in heavenly places. Problem two. And he says it's in Christ. Problem three. And now we just ignore it because we can't tackle that problem. Our spirits, our souls, our brains are fried by that thing. We just can't take it in. So that's why, in, in where I grew up, blessings was like, uh, if somebody gave me 100 rand, they blessed me. Blessings is, um, bless you, brother. The Lord will be with you. we we'll will all go well tomorrow. That's blessing. Um, it is not blessings that God has ever intended you to be like that. The blessings we've been blessed of all spiritual blessings. We don't understand it. It's in the heavenly places in Christ. Most people that is already a problem. We cannot even begin to talk about it tonight. Because you have to understand the spiritual nature of life to begin to understand what God means by spiritual blessing. There is no no, physical life and physical life. No, no. There is only one life. The rich man found it out, isn't it? You're going to say, no, no, no. No, no. no. He found out there is one life. When he opened his eyes, he found her. Uh, Lazarus found out that his life is spiritual. There's mm-hmm. only one life. The nature of a life is spiritual. There's only one you, spirit you. Mm-hmm. And the last day, it will not be like a, there's a physical you and a spirit you, and the physical you will go on to La La Land and the spirit will go to heaven. No. You will find that you were always spirit. You will find, you should find it now, but most people, most common Christians, find out their spirit when they go on. When they pass on. Then they find out, I'm spirit. Uh, life was actually spiritual. Oh my God, it's, 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 it's sad. But, but and people find only that time but until we understand that life is the founder of life is spiritual we will not understand the blessing but let's go on because we, we, we're not yet to deal with that tonight we want to go home according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy without blame be, uh, before him in love whoa what? According as he has chosen us in him, he has chosen us I mean, before the foundation of the world. What? Before there was any physical world, we were chosen in him before physicality existed. But it is not another you, it's not another us, it was us. The same us existed before the foundation of the world. Therefore, the same us could have been chosen because we pre-existed the foundation of the world. I teach my children, say, where were we before we were born? I, before we entered the, I say, you were in heaven. My children did not start to exist when they, when they were conceived in the mother's womb. Before, because they were chosen before the foundation of the world in Him. So they were really chosen. Why can you, how can you choose a soccer team if they don't exist? Let me take so-and-so and put that one in that uh, position, that one in that one, and that one and that one, and that one in that, that, that one, and they don't exist. Oh. They existed. You see, these are scriptures we would like to just skip over. According as He has chosen us. Let's read this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who have blessed us of all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he has chosen us in him, according to. Now, now we like to stop at verse 3. I do it very often, most often than not. But there's a colon there in my Bible, my King James Bible. It means that he's about to explain what he just said. What to follow is connected to the statement. So verse 4 is directly connected to verse number 3. Right? And we know that in the letter there were no verses. The verses was put in by men for ease of reference for us. Right? Therefore you find nowhere when they're in the New Testament when they quote a scripture, they quote a verse. Jesus never did it. The apostles never did it. They'll say, as the prophet Isaiah said, as Daniel said, as so said, as so and said. Now, as uh, Paul said, yeah. Now, it says, it says, according as he have chosen us in him. So, we have been blessed with all spiritual blessing in, in every place. According as he has chosen us. In other words, according to that choosing, mm. we have been blessed. Come on. Come on. Now, listen, your answer to this thing, elementras mon briarism. Ah, I don't know if I should even mention it. So there's a direct connection. So he says here, before the foundation of the world, we should be holy without blame before him in love. Then he says, "Uh, this thing is too long. He says, come on. Let me continue. He says, having predestinated us unto adoption of children by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted in the Beloved, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace, wherein He hath abounded toward us, in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he had purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him, in whom also, we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who have worked, who work of all things after the counsel of his will, that we should be to the praise of the, of, of his glory who first trusted in Christ. Now, this is very important. There are many things that can go on and it will be here forever. But in verse number 11, he says, In whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of of him who work of all things after the counsel of his own will." So all things are worked after what his counsel is. But that purpose and that determination was already been done before the foundation of the world. So there is no blessing there is no inheritance that you will ever receive in all eternity without it having first been predestinated. So in other words, your life, your eternal life is dependent on predestination. You cannot Experience anything without being predestined to experience it. So he says, I have not seen. He said, We speak of wisdom, our men that are mature. Not the wisdom of the princes of this world but cometh to naught. We just spoke about the example of a wisdom that comes to zero. We speak a certain wisdom in a mysterium in a certain encryption. We go on to say from no I have seen. For having known it, they would not crucify you. But for no eye have seen, no, no ear have heard, nor entered into the heart of man, that which God had prepared for them that love him. But God with gone and predestinated for them that love him. But the Bible says that God, God has revealed it unto us by his Spirit. He will go on to say that no, but for God, it says that, 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 that we have received not the Spirit of the world. Because they have they, they princes have wisdom that come to naught. They speak another kind of wisdom. But we have received the Spirit of God in 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. But we may know the things freely given to us of God. When? Before the foundation of the world. Before you were born, everything you need in life has been given to you. He says it, right? 2 Peter chapter number 1. That God, according to His divine power, has given us everything we need for life and godliness. god who is the divine power the divine power of god is the holy spirit the holy spirit is the divine power of god therefore you shall receive so therefore we are told in Ephesians chapter one we'll go on to speak but that, that we have been given the earnest the guarantee of our inheritance the spirit as a as a deposit Understanding, being predestinated, being predestined is the most crucial piece of information that you must have to able to allocate, harness, experience, deploy, invest, and multiply and utilize every ounce, every bit of inheritance that you have in God eternally. You ain't going to get nothing from God that He didn't predestine. Most Christians are trying to get God to do what He did not predestine. You know why I'm saying so? They don't, they're not even interested in being predestined. Today they woke up not caring of living the predestinated life. They never think, why was I born? What When I was entered, when I was formed, when I was an embryo in my mother's womb, why was I there? They just live life. Happy go lucky. Bastard and disgusted, beaten by the devil, not knowing why and why and how. Satan fought the destiny of Jesus. If you be. He just came to challenge the destiny of who Jesus is, if you be. When he made certain things to, to, to look at what he, because he is, he is, he can do certain things. Because he is, he has certain, he has, because he is, he is the son of God, if he is, he can do certain things, he has power within. Because he is, he can, he has certain external resources. So it is written he, he quoted in a scripture that was written by moses he was dealing with jesus's predestination he says it is written i've given my angel charge over you then he said to him worship me look at all this why because he, he also dealt with his predestination destiny psalm 2 And Jesus also dealt with the devil based upon what God has already said before him. Because this was a battle of purpose and destiny. The devil tried to change the destiny of Jesus. Jesus had to have knowledge of his predestination and the path to, their, to his destiny and able to maintain his cause and overcome the evil one. Most Christians do not overcome the evil one. Deviate from the destiny because they have no clue that there is one at all. And the first thing we want of you to know that you are predestined from your mother's womb, yes. and you need to discover your life's purpose. Yes. Nothing matters more than knowing God's purpose for your life. Nothing. If you knew, what did he say? This is the, the destiny of all men, right? Ephesians chapter number one. Verses, we looked at this now, in verse number five. It says, Having predestinated us into the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. What? We have to be adopted as children of God by Jesus Christ. So in other words, if we understood that, we would all get get saved through Jesus. because It's our destiny, isn't it? I have known people, I have seen, I have been a Christian for a long time. I keep on repeating it, but I understand I've been here all the way long. Right? While I was under the colored affairs education, I was also born again. And I have seen men that come to Jesus, fall away from Jesus. Why? Because they never discovered God's purpose for their life. I know a man that is so passionate in Christ that one day in the church, some hometown leader, apparently, this is a year say, he says so, with a few witnesses, made a comment, That the man thought unfair. He made a comment, I think, between him and another sister. And the man was very offended. And he left Jesus for that. He left the church, the home cell, the church. We never saw him another day in church again. The man was on fire. He played the guitar. He was always you, in the church. Wherever you found him, we always used to sing songs for years. where one day, one person makes a comment over him and another sister. Both he and the sister left not only the self, the church, but Jesus. The sister married into another religion, denying Jesus Christ the sister, I'm talking about biological, I'm the sister in Christ. This man went into a life of darkness. He knew Jesus Christ. He prayed in tongues. He was even on the streets ministering. He was even in the formation of the unknown revival. Why? He never understood the meaning of his life. He never discovered it. He discovers a Jesus without purpose. A Jesus without meaning. Therefore, Paul the Apostle did not introduce a Jesus that is in heaven. Merely for one day and the sweet by and by. No, he was telling us from eternity to eternity. Nothing matters more to any human being on earth, especially a Christian, More than knowing God's purpose for your life, it is priority. And nothing, 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 nothing. If you are here under the influence of this program and you do not know God's purpose for your life, you are in trouble. Serious trouble. You have no root within yourself. For you have not entered into the will and purposes of God, the God who worketh of all things. We just read it. According to the counsel of His will. But you have not found out what God's will is for your life. Many go through life like that. I know people that have master's degrees, PhD. One man studied so high and he said to me, I don't know what to do anymore. I think I'm going to go back. And he went to study another career. Another career that takes him seven, eight years to complete. Because he just spent seven years reaching academic excellence. Have the car, have the house, have the wife, have the everything. And said, there must be more. I don't know why I did this. Let me go back and become something else, another professional. But it will take another seven years you know, of study, at least. And after that, that is not enough, let me go study MBA. Because maybe I'll find the meaning in bridging. After verse PhD, I know people with multiple PhDs are yet lost in life. Why? They love life without discovering purpose. Discover your purpose right and early. The beauty of this thing, the beauty that I enjoy, seeing your child. Is that your child was predestinated, foretold. Amen. Seeing your child, named, predestinated, you know what? There's not, can, There can never be a day that the child can be confused. It is our wisdom you communicate to the child, how to bring the child into the calling. But you know exactly, just like the characters of the Bible, what your child ought to be. Amen. But before the child learns, well, the child will know their purpose. Amen. By the very name of the child. Being decreed and declared just like them in the Bible, and you shall call his name Jesus. Mm. And thou shalt call his name John. Mm. And he shall be called oh, Emmanuel. Mm. purpose. That is, the, you know, that is the thing about raising children. God said to me, He said, Bible children. A Bible destiny. He said, Mike, they are always they are always named. they have name Amen. they have destiny Amen. He, said, he said to me the wisdom of raising a child is to raise a child according to the foreknowledge of God Amen. and so your child has destiny Amen. have an advantage Amen. because many PhDs don't even know who they are You are full armed. Happy are you to be envied. Most fortunate. Nothing matters more than knowing God's purpose for your life. Nothing. With the Purpose and Destiny Conference, Amen. Yeah. Some people may not have been around in 2017, so you know you have to. Uh your life truly starts when you discover your purpose. It doesn't matter who have been ahead of you in life. The day, this day, this week, yeah. this month. When you discover your true purpose, you will find where they look common. There is a, there's already a preset path for you. You already have a, a lane, a zone, a momentum. You're going to leave your mark as you bypass them. They're going to be running in your glow. You can see there's a glow there. Moving and shaking. Up and rising. Spreading and taking. Great grace. Great power. Great reward. It's about life. We mean business. 2022, the year of our mobility. Your life truly starts when you discover your purpose, whatever they may have been. It is this week. Amen. A divine encounter from the heavenly world. Pontius Pilate said to Jesus, No, you're not, I can kill you. I can let you love." He says, ah, You're no power man. me. Let's begin from him about. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, let me, let me, let me. You deal with this guy. David says, "Yeah, hey, know, this man is crazy, man. you deal with him. Why? He says, for purpose people are born to be a witness of the truth. Amen. There's a certain reality that you come to be a witness to. A reality that existed. A you that existed in the mind and the heart of God. Before the foundation of the world was laid. You were predestined from your mother's birth. And this week, you're discovering your purpose afresh. And your life, you're gonna bypass them all. Oh. There's no stopping you. You are the moving shaker of a stick. Amen. And this is on a very somber note. There is an argument over every life. Every person on earth is an argument. Two, forced, two opposing sides arguing over the value, the destiny, the outcome, the quality of that life. There is a man, very wealthy, both, he has a child, both children have a problem. very wealthy, one of the wealthiest people and run one of the biggest companies in the world. But his child has a debilitating disease. I told him my, my hobby is just listening to these guys. And the guy lamented, and, and, and I've watched many of his interviews with many different stations, many different programs. Because of all his hundreds of millions of dollars, di- all his power. He' a baby village your mouth. His child's life is being argument, argued over. What kind of a life and quality of life a child is going to have? With all his money, the argument is still there. His money could not get his child out of the argument. Every life there's an argument over. It is important to understand that. Darkness and disappointment argue against every man and woman. If you've been on the earth long enough, you know that. If you've been outside of Jesus long enough, you know that. There's an argument. There's a giant of darkness, a principality of power, a ruler of darkness, a wicked spirit in the heavenly places, arguing against that life. Maybe you can't see it there. There's a giant demon standing here, bigger than Goliath. You have a soldier. As it were in some Roman or Greek armory, with a helmet, with a sword, with a breastplate, with shoes, with the armor of God. And this giant is standing like this and saying, I'm arguing against you. That man has to overcome by faith. There's an argument over your life of your child's life, of your cousin's life, of your mother's life, of your sister's life? It's an argument. You know some people that have lost the argument. They've lost it. They have darkness, disappointment, swallow it up. Stop, hinder it. It's an argument. It must be settled. It is time that you get on the right side of life's argument. No, people don't, people don't want this. They just want to put their head in the sand. They think if they put their head long enough in the sand, they don't look the giant is going to go away. They think the argument is going to be mysteriously solved by some two fairy or fairy godmother that's going to fly in on butterfly wings with a little one. And make things okay. No. You have to shift on the side and win the argument. Amen. But where do you where do you find the material to win the argument? It is in the predestination of God. It is in the will of God. Amen. Right at the end, they were standing in Jesus' face. says they they say you're a king. Are you a king? Truth, what is truth? He calls himself. What shall we do with him? He told them, You're going to see, my argument has been won. You will see after this, you will see the Son of Man come in glory and power with the angels and the hosts of heaven. He knew his argument. The Word of God says, But Paul tells firmly to consider Jesus. Who confessed such a great, a good confession before Pontius Pilate? Consider him. Jesus won the argument. Will you? Yes. You don't sound so confident. Yes. You want a destiny that is cheap. Even that, amen. To get his leper cured. He had to follow the instruction and dip himself seven times in the Jordan River. It was one of the great miracles of the Bible. happening to a man that didn't even deserve it. But he had to follow instruction. He wanted wanted someone to be, he wanted um, Elisha just to do this. No, there's nothing going to come and wander wander your uh, argument away you must get on the right side of life's argument. It is your purpose and your destiny. Do you understand that? I'm just simply looking at the cover. Knowledge of your destiny hooks you into an instant indestructible future. My future cannot be destroyed because I know my destiny. My future is indestructible. Because I've come into apocalypses. A revelation, I've come into an understanding. A certain awareness coming into a more accurate and full understanding of my destiny. Therefore, my future cannot be annulled. The longer I live, the greater my knowledge of my destiny. The more indestructible my future, my tomorrow, my next week, my March. My April, my May, my 22. We have to see beyond. Amen. We have to acknowledge our destiny. Amen. Destiny wins every time. The devil is no match for a foretold life. Of a life foretold by God. <sighs> you can use the name of Jesus and it will not work for you. Most Christians can testify of cases like that. You can quote the scriptures and it not work for you. The devil can overcome all of those things. Because unless it is walked into a full told life, it has nothing in which to swing, nothing to pervert. Therefore, the gospel message on the day of Pentecost, they were showing the predestination of Jesus until the man said, what shall we do? We will cut to the heart. Prick to the heart and accept the Lord. Stephen, when he confronted the Jewish leaders, started with predestination unto the time and it opened the heavens. And that's why they were cut to the heart and they killed him. Predestination is what the devil cannot deal with. Why? Because his end is also predestined. Come on. He has a lake of fire that was specially created for him and his angels. He is, he is a prisoner of predestination. He can never get out of his foretold life. The lake of fire, on which the devil and his angels will spend all eternity, is part of his destiny predestined by God, foretold by God. Amen. His defeat on the cross, his crushing of his head by Jesus, the seed of the woman, was a foretelling, the devil is, has always been and for always will be a victim of the foretold life by God. God countered the devil by not only giving him a prophecy, but, but foretelling his destiny and foretelling a life. Therefore, he's been trying to kill everyone from Moses. He's trying to kill the little children. Why? He's trying to get out of his foretold life. And he has persuaded most Christians to also get out of their foretold life. So he can smack them in this life. Because he is a prisoner of the foretold life. He wants you to be free from one. If the book of Zechariah talks about it. I said, all oh, you prisoners of hope. You, you, you must understand. This, those are the ones when it sits free from the water that's in the book of Zechariah. We you and I are prisoners of hope. We are prisoners of, de- of, 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 of destiny, yeah. prisoners of expectation. Yeah. We, are, we are locked into a future. We looked at in Acts chapter number 17. But God has determined men their times uh, women will be alive on the earth, their boundaries. The devil came up with the thing that said you can be wherever you want to be, you want, however you want to be. He imagined he's going to be God and he wanted to go home. He had a dream. He can touch the sky. He dreamt about it every night and day. <laughs> he saw wings and he said he could fly away. And right to the throne and God said, I will, I will, I will. I will. And And now he's trying to get you to be free from predestination. Free from destiny. He wants you to, to live a life that is not foretold. He wants you, that's why most people, most Christians, most people, even born again Christians, especially in charismatic circles, live a life of rebellion. What are they rebelling against the foretold life? Whose life is that? The life of the devil, a life of rebellion. Most people see the full told life as a prison of hopelessness. But it is a vast mind of God. The good things of God is in the told life. Amen. The good life is the full toll life. Amen. It is the indestructible future that you need. I've told you the story of a man of God that, 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 that told his testimony. He said he was busy dying. Dying. Many diseases. All at one time. He was the apprentice of A.A. Allen. He took over the ministry of A.A. Allen. Reverend A.A. Allen. His name was Sears Up the Grove. It's the name of the Lord. General of the Lord. And while he was dying... They prayed for him, he bound the devil, rebuked him, nothing, nothing, nothing. He just got more sick and they gave, he gave up and he was laying in the hospital dying. died. And he said to God, if it be your will, O Lord, da, 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 da. and he began to recite his destiny, his purpose. He said, Lord, I have much to do. So, Lord, because I knew I want to get up here and perform my destiny. He said the wind came in, a physical wind. Came into the room, blow over. All of a sudden, he got up and preached the gospel. Amen. And years later, he was testifying this testament. Amen. He didn't he never bound one devil. He tried, nothing worked. But only argument. Destiny wins every time. Amen. What is gonna be for you in 22? How are you gonna live from now on? It is your choice. How are you going to learn? You must choose. Most people, most of you read this book. It meant nothing for you. Because you think it's an option to live a predestined life. Most of your struggles is because you are trying to be like the devil, free from the predestination. And the devil and you the devil finds something kindred in you. Something familiar. If you are, you also want to live a life. It's an option. No. The devil is going to light a fire. It's not an option. You're going to be in eternity of Christ. It is not an option. It is a destiny God has given you. That's why God is silent in the lives of most Christians. He has nothing to talk in common with. When you pick up the book, from Genesis, it tells us a story, a predestination. From the beginning of Genesis, right through, he tells us of his son, to the lost prophet, John. Explains to us the predestination. In it, the predestination of nations, of peoples. He explains why they are where they are, what happened to them, how he. I mean, he even says it there. In Isaiah forty-eight, he explains how he does things. In Isaiah forty-eight verse number three he says this: it "says I have declared the former things from the beginning." These are all the things that you have seen that happen. I've declared this stuff. I foretold this From the beginning, I foretold this thing. So I foretold it. So they went forth out of my mouth and I showed them. I declared them. I, I made them known. I did them suddenly and they came to pass. The whole book here comes Jesus. First John, he said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's coming now. Huh? He foretells that it's coming. But one day, John is baptizing, and he says, behold the Lamb of God, who take away the sins of the world. Jesus comes, and, re- and he preaches, repent. Why? He's foretelling. He says, in my Father's kingdom, and many will say to me in that day, in the last the, in the, the, He's foretelling. The apostles and the apostles foretell. They prove the foretelling to be true. And now they've they been foretell again. When Jude says, Enoch the seven of Adam prophesied. He tells us. When in the revelation, he says, I, Jesus, I've sent my angel to my servant John to tell to make known unto my servants what shall shortly come to pass. He's foretelling again. And the it says, Behold, I come up quickly. He foretells. Now, most Christians have nothing to talk to God about because God is a foretelling God. He likes to talk about his predestination. He only talks about the future. If you can delight in the future, God will delight in you. The reason why God's voice is silent in your life is because you are not a person that love the foretold life. you never have had an accidental life. A life without faith. A faithless life is a life out of the foretold life. Why? Because faith is the substance of things, hopeful. Our hope is a blessed hope, not the hope of the world. Amen. I hope uh, when I come back, I'll come back as a mosquito. No. It, uh, <laughs> No, we are people living like that, right? There is a doctrine like that. We are people that believe if they have a bad life now, it's because they they had a good one before. And they're coming back as something else. Right? I told you, oh, my wife's uh, a boss. Who wanted to come back as a rich, young, blonde woman in his next life. For and somehow he believed that the best life is to be rich, is to be young, and to be a woman and a blonde woman and like that. That's the ultimate life. He was hoping. But there's no such hope. That, that's, that's only one life for Jesus is all you have. Amen. And so we're not talking about that hope. It's a hope that went in beyond the veil. Hebrews 6 talks about it, the anchor for our souls. It is a hope that is a definite expectation. It is a certainty of a future. Faith is that certainty. You cannot have faith without predestination. Because you cannot have predestination without hope. Hope is the predestination. What hope do you have? The Bible says we should, you should be able to give an account to everyone who asks of you for the hope that is inside of you. Amen. But if your hope is not started with what is really foretold, you have no hope. Of many things you can be silent, but the Bible says you must give an explanation of the hope inside. You must be able to say why you hope with the hope. Why? Because it is foretold yes. But that's why faith is lacking. And life becomes uncertain. You have to have a life that is interested in what God is interested—the foretold life. Amen. Do you understand verse? Amen. The reason why you have no visions is because you are living. A, you don't value the foretold life. You don't value the predestinated life. Your life (laughs) should be full of vision. Vision is what you should be seeing. Do you know that? Let me go on, because we must finish up. What kind of a life are you living? It is time to start loving the foretold. All of these things is only year and year. And I've been busy for 50 minutes. And yet, you've read, so say, the inside. But you've not even begun to love and experience the cover of them. just the cover alone, if you catch its reality, you'll be undefeated in this life. All the resources of heaven, the power of heaven, will, will be directed towards you. You must choose. You must ask yourself, what kind of a life am I living What kind of a life? Am I living a foretold life? If not, it is high time to start living a foretold life. It's the only life to live? It is the only life that really exists in the mind and the heart of God. It is the only life. Do you understand this? It is the only life in the heart and the mind. Of your mighty God. What are we grasping? What are we taking a hold of? Ask yourself that question. And I want to say something here specifically. But I want to deal with a certain footballer. I speak about it in the book. That speaks to the value of what we at times men, the value of life. So many times, we don't know how to really grasp what God is doing in our lives. We don't know the value of life. On page 30 of a book, Predeces from Your Mother's Womb, We tell a story of what we observe. A man that was a footballer played before large crowds, had money, a contract, international footballer. And the story goes like this and this is what we, you know, I will read it from here. One of the greatest healings ever captured on live television is that of a famous footballer in his country who had a spinal cord injury that ended his illustrious career. The footballer was brought to a church service where tens of thousands of people were present. The service was being broadcast live via satellite throughout the world. The footballer, at the time of his injury, was reportedly dropped from the national squad and released from his club contract. The man sitting in a wheelchair and dressed in his national football team tracksuit, was a pitiful sight. The man of God was leading the service in quiet of his ex-footballer regarding his condition. He explained that none of the operations performed by the doctors could heal his spine. He used to have a lavish lifestyle and financially supported his siblings and parents. His future before calamity was very bright. He was, he was now destitute. His millions were gone, spent on his medical bill. He needed someone to carry him around a hobby with even the most basic movements. The man of God, moved by the Holy Spirit, signaled that he would minister to the man. He first asked the congregation, What do you see when you look at this man in the wheelchair? Someone answered, I see the once famous so-and-so, calling the man by the name, paralyzed, sitting in a wheelchair. The man of God said, I see his future trapped in his wheelchair. I see his destiny trapped in this wheelchair. All we could see, is a man that was sitting there. We could just see a, lame, a man with a, sitting in a wheelchair. Family around him. People pity. But the man of God saw a destiny, a future in the wheelchair. The man of God then stretched his hand towards the man in the wheelchair and ministered the power of God to him in the name of Jesus Christ. He stretched his hand. The young man began to vibrate under the unseen power as the power of God was moving him. He started to vibrate. Eyes big in his head. The man didn't touch him. Just stretched him and began to move him. He vibrated his whole body, especially his lower part. You of the man has a spinal cord. After verse the man is finished. <laughs> if he didn't know any better. The man of God then spoke to that young man in the wheelchair and commanded, Rise up and walk. The young man rose up and began to take his first steps. The man of God just turned around and walked away. In a few minutes, he was walking normally. Jesus healed the man. The man of God would later talk about the famous miracle, because now it was a big testimony. Because now they were doing this whole thing on this man that was healed. And the man of God says, When I commanded rise up and walk, I was not only speaking to the young man in the wheelchair, rise up and walk. I was saying to his life, rise up and walk. I was saying to his purpose, rise up and walk. I was saying to his destiny, rise up and walk. That is why his spirit got up and walked. The man's spine was restored by the power of God. He was saying it was not the use of a body, it was his spirit. Because I spoke to that eternal destiny, he said, and I said, "Rise up and walk." Many times we don't understand the mind of God. If you look at your circumstance, God don't care about your circumstance. He didn't predestinate it. What is not it's none of His business. You are sick. It's not His. Did He make you sick? He has nothing to do with that sickness. You want get, to get up so you can get ice cream he didn't, he didn't get you, purpose you for ice cream? No, people have the craziest of reason why they must be healed. Some going on a holiday they can't miss it. You must heal them now. They need the rest of the holiday baby. Because yeah. they're getting tired of the sickbed. God don't care about those things. God cares of what he foretold. What he predestinated. He cares about your purpose. He cares about the destiny, like this man. And so, when the man of God found the reason in God's mind for why God would heal him and why God did not heal him until that time, all he could think about, I take care of my mama. My mother, because they were supposed to say, My mama is suffering. God don't care about the mama suffering. You see, this is the, this is the reason why, why people struggle. He said, I take care of my siblings. I send them to the education. For what purpose? How are they living? What life are they living? God cares about that. He said, oh, my millions are gone." He don't care about the jacuzzi and, and the private vehicles and the jets. No. God cares about the predestination. So the man of God found the thing that wings the argument of the heart and mind of God. And the power of God was directed. God says, power to all I will let that spirit walk. Because that spirit has been predestinated Amen. as a destiny. Amen. Bigger than the football stadium. What is it that God must find with you? What is it that God's mind will be? This was a trap destiny. From the above story we can see that the footballer's destiny was trapped in that wheelchair. The gifts of healings and the working of miracles was correcting more than merely his physical body. Remember that every miracle sign and wonder has a strategic purpose, it's very important. It serves to move mankind towards and into manifestation of a predetermined destiny. So as a Christian, you have to settle this thing in your heart. But I will live the foretold life, the life foretold by God concerning me. And I will settle for nothing less than that life. Because that life will always find God's mercy, God's grace, God's power, God's favor. Amen. God said to Abraham, shall I hide? From Abraham, anything? For shall he not yet be the father of many nations? He didn't say, you know, let me hide. Shall I hide from Abraham because he cooked me a meal? Genesis 18. Because he made me a nice meal. (laughs) Shall I hide it from him? He did me a favor. He gave me a big offering. He did this for me. Abraham acknowledged me. He's such a nice guy. He built a church in my name. No. a Salah Salahai from Abraham. We're talking about Solomon Gomorrah and his nephew Lot. The reason why he gave Abraham the opportunity to wager for the city that, 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 that Lot was in because of Abraham's destiny. He said, Shall he not be the father of many nations? And shall he not command his household after me? He says, Now, I'm going to bound to destroy that. And he says, Oh, and there be fifth, and you start to bargain, right? You start to now petition. But why did God open the conversation of Abraham's destiny, the father of many nations? Destiny is always the argument that will get God to speak and move. You always understand. The Lord said to me, a destiny aborted is a life destroyed. As long as the destiny is not aborted, the life can still be there. But once the destiny has been aborted, I've see seen the life where the life has already been destroyed. It is, the, it is my quest to make every Christian prophetically forensic concerning their life. Amen. Me, I'm not here to tell you how to tell your neighbor forensically their life. Because I have seen it. People prophesy to others. And then know live the right in their own life. Oh, I can tell you stories. True stories. So my, my, de- my purpose, no, 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 is my quest to make you a forensic prophet of your own life. But so you can you now your tomorrow, your day after tomorrow, Amen. your next week, your next month, Amen. all the Carlos moments, what you, can, you can see them coming like that. Amen. The book of your own life should be open to you you should access that for knowledge daily. What did uh, David say in Psalm 139? He says, all my days before there were one of them were written in your book. Why can you not access it? Access to information. Is this such to act like that somewhere in the world? You have a right to access to that information but you've been trying all your life. Now you've been trying everywhere from this prophetic school to that seer school to that death of the apostolic in the prophetic to see the destiny, uh, the, to have access to the life of your neighbor's book. You want to see into your neighbor's a book of life? You want to see their days? But you're not interested in your own. First start with your own life. Yes. Start in Jerusalem yes. before Judea, Samaria, and uh, yeah. So start, be forensic prophet in your own life. Yes. Yes. If you can be accurate first of your own life, yes. hey, imagine what you'll be with your neighbor's life. Yes. Get out of the trap destiny this, yes. this, this week. Amen. Yes. See the future. Yes. Chart your course. Yes. There's crisis. In this picture is a picture of a lighthouse. A lighthouse as a light. Stationary light. Here in this illustration by this artist, The light went greater and exploded from the lighthouse. And the light itself, and the light itself began to navigate into the air. And there's a man harnessing on top of that bulb, that light. Charting the course into his future. When you see the future like that, your own future, you're gonna, you stop being a lighthouse, being beaten, the, immo, you, the immobile, no, no, no. You begin to expand this, this Purpose and Destiny conference. You begin to break forth at the confines of immobility. You begin to, to move forward and chart, and there's mobility. The light that used to be beside the be beaten and busted and broken and eaten by the waves of the sea, storm after storm, Christ after Christ. You, you're going to unhook from that place, and you're going to yeah. storm. You're going to go beyond the waves and the winds and go into the dark of the future, and you're going to navigate your course. Chart your course. Point the way, yeah. take the bulls by the horn, yeah. take your heavenly chariot, yeah. move into your future yeah. to find your destiny, yeah. up and rising, yeah. spreading and taking, yeah. moving and shaking. Yeah. The year of mobility yeah. 2022. Yeah. We are not blind, my brother and sister. We're not going to be like that rich man We open his eyes in the afterlife, not you and me. There's not going to be a time when I leave this earth and I look up and there's an angel standing and he's shaking his head. He says, come. He's not looking forward to heaven because he and me achieve nothing on earth. I live life blind. Never! Oh, our eyes are open in this life. It says, beholding, let us sing, we are surrounded by such a great cloud. Let us look unto Jesus. Amen. Who will joy set before Him. Amen. What joy has He set before you Amen. in 22? Remember, is a destiny Jesus. In the book we talk about it. A destiny Jesus, this was Jesus walking on the earth, going through the wilderness. The devil tried everything to, to, to dissuade him from his scorns, but he always knew, I'm going to sit down at the right hand of majesty. With so the joy set before him, he knew his destiny. It's the destiny Jesus. Now he says, now consider him who endured such much. Now, set down at the right. Says Now, consider him. Just be just like him. Do not throw away your comment. was going to be a of reward. That there that, uh, in, in Hebrews 10, 35 to 38 That But, but, but says now in, in Hebrews 12, verse number one. says now, look. Destiny Jesus. We know that. At the throne of heaven. He lived his life moving upwards to that throne. Destiny Jesus. Now, the question today is going to be destiny you. Are you going to emulate the master? God has a thought bank. We talk about it in the book. It's a bank of thoughts. I know the thoughts I have for you, He told them in Jeremiah. David in Psalm 139 talks about the, 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 the thoughts, we talk about it now. There's a vault there. I have not seen the ear ear, or enter the heart of man that God will prepare. Being blessed with every spiritual blessing, every place in Christ is in that vault. If God had a brain, there are many things. If you open that vault, coming out, many things about your life. Places you're going to go. Dollars you're going to make. Things, calls, communication. Things that you're going to decipher. Things you're going to build, sketch, do, everything is very, the idea, the world, where you're going to be at, and so forth, and so on. It's all in the mind of God. He has a God. He has a bank just for you, a vault that only you can access. You must make a determination that you'll never love. You see, the thing about Jesus, it's an option for people. The life of faith is an option. Walking in the spirit is an option. Options. There are too many options, but I understand there's no option. Really. Life will end up before the throne of God. You must make this foretold life. It must not be an option. It must be the only option, the only life you have. The predestined life is the only life that you need to live. You cannot attend a meeting like this. Listen to words like these. Forget it and go back to an old way of thinking. Walk in the vanity of your reasoning like your mother and, and your father and, and their father and their mother and their uncle and aunt and all everybody there before them. Alienated from the life of God, cut off from the life of God, cut off from the light. Darkened understanding. No, we must access the mind of God. I tell you, God is excited to speak about your future. Access the vault this week. And never close it again. And to do that, you have to provoke your destiny. You have to do something that provides a spark the way God is taking you, in the agenda of the Lord for you. You have to have a spark. Destiny demands to be provoked. No casual inquirer ever gets gone to speak. It's never happened and never will. What I always found, and I find that my brother... In, these, in this modern church, modern church men have think they have options. Whether one ministers at, at a church or at a conference or people come to the upper room. Sometimes, not every time, but now and again you find somebody who thinks the word of prophecy to them is an option because they came from Prophet so-and-so, prophets so-and-so, and so Prophet so and so and they are about to go to 10 conferences this month, or 10 different prophets. So when God singles them out to speak, they think it is one of many, and they act nonchalant, and they think it's another option. And the only reason why they think that way is because they're not living a foretold life. They don't know they have no purpose in life. Because if they understood the state of the righteous man are ordered of the Lord, that if their steps are ordered to be in a certain place, this is, this is a moment of destiny. They cannot be replaced by another moment. Yes. They may have another prophecy, another ten prophecies coming, but it's not the same. Yes. Everyone is unique. Yes. It is meant for them. And so they, have, they act nonchalant. And so they don't, they, they, instead of provoking their destiny, they provoke the Holy Spirit. Yes. And they provoke the devil to tempt them. There's you know, a man of God, there's a of the Lord. He just said, don't, I, don't, don't tempt the devil to tempt you. And why? Because people don't know. They think destiny is for the casual inquirer. No. It's for the one that intentionally provokes the destiny. Amen. Never live life like that. Never assume you're going to have another chance tomorrow. You may never have. A caros moments are not replicated. They're never duplicated. By a unique, just like your DNA, just like your fingerprints are unique. Every caros is unique. Maybe another car is coming, but it's an allotment. It eventually, it will not be there anymore. It will run out. One man have gone, has gone to be the Lord, wrote in his book, wrote his testimony. He said one day he, were, he was sitting next to a river, a river or a dam or a lake, all by himself. He was waiting on God. Time of fasting and prayer. He was just contemplating. And he was throwing this, you know, and he got, you know, bored. Bored, but he's sitting there, and he threw, he, he had these pebbles. He was throwing it on top of the water like they're trying to get the pebble to jump, to, to hop in, go far. He said he felt somebody is there. He looked, it was the Lord Jesus. Appearing open vision like that. You were shocked, and the Lord started to talk about his pebbles. And the Lord says, You see these pebbles that we throw? He says, Imagine you have a certain amount of pebbles. And there was once a man who had all this, these things in throwing pebbles. And the Lord threw his last pebble like that. And Jesus said to him, When a man realized, Those pebbles that he threw, somebody came to tell him and says, that is your inheritance. That is all. Those were precious jewels, stones. Man was poor. He didn't recognize those stones. But the very discovery of those stones made him a very wealthy man. Answered all his prayers in life. Changed the the, the direction of potential his life was going to go. He always knew he, he, he had to be great. He discovered that. But he took every one of those stones and threw it away trying to see in the effect. And Jesus said to him, so are the moments of a man's life. Men gamble and throw it like that until they have none left. The Lord was saying to him, don't waste your life. Every carousel I give you, and you throw it away, you're not getting another one. Mm-hmm. Until all of us, we look, we look the same, but it's all in need. Do not live destiny as an option. It needs to be provoked. You see, here we are intense. You can, you can hear my intensity. Amen. I'm not falling asleep yeah. I've, I've not come here disinterested. Amen. When I'm in the marketplace, if you take a half an hour of my time, I give you invoice. I charge by the hour, I charge a lot of money by the hour. You've come into this building, I've charged you nothing. But don't think, because I didn't charge you, it's worth nothing. If my client, he knows, at one time, people would stop me, my client would say, hey, stop borrowing this man, this is an expensive cup of coffee. <laughs> Why are you buying this consultant coffee? You are keeping this man busy, he's charging me. <laughs> you just paid, bought him a cup of coffee. It can even be the canteen coffee. But the client's going to stop, he's he supporting it, he's saying, yeah, stop. The man is asking me about the relevant thing. But he says, this guy is uh, half an hour standing there. It's costing. I'm willing to entertain it. I'm listening to you. I'm listening. I'll even keep keep the conversation going. (laughs) We can have a two-hour coffee conversation. (laughs) Your boss will get a big ball for that. (laughs) But yet he knows. that boss knows this is value. This is expensive. So he makes sure that he harnesses my time. And treats it the value that it is to him. Because he's going to feel it at the end of the day. When the ball comes up, (laughs) he feels it. He can say, oh, you come here. You sense my intensity. But I'm more intense here than I would have been at my client. You know why? Because God has a conviction that your life is more worth than all the money that any client can pay. You have eternal value, your destiny of eternal value. You must pay, give it the respect that God gives it. These moments this conference is unique. We lost at a purpose and destiny conference in twenty seventeen. There's the second one in five years. I repeat it because to me it is significant. To you it may, it may be meaningless. But don't let your life be meaningless. Capture the moments we have together this week. Destiny demands to be provoked. You must do something to get the virtue to flow from the garment of Jesus. You must do something for his word to say, go, your daughter is healed. You must do something in your heart and faith to open the mouth of God towards you. You must move his heart, that his mouth opens towards you and never shuts up. That when you close your eyes, you see vision. when When you fall asleep, you see vision. When you walk, you see vision. He's always talking to you about your predestined life because you are been convicted, convinced, possessed of the same fire of your future that he has been possessed with since before he created the world when he purposed you within himself. When he predestined that he's going to adopt you as his child in Christ Jesus. When he planned it out specifically that all things will be wrapped together up in Christ at the last day. And you, eat there inside of Jesus, it was not a, a a overview, a high level plan. It was a detailed plan. Amen. It is both sp- both strategic. It is tactical. It is operational. There is detailed scenario planning in it. I was every scenario. Of your life has been catered, pre, pre predetermined, it's been planned for every eventuality. Therefore, there will always be a solution for you in God. But how are you gonna know that? If the destiny of your life is to you an option, if you live a life, you want to be free from God. I have family that I lament about, because they live a life outside of the destiny of God. Some of them, my prayers have saved, extended their life. But I wish my prayers could have provoked them to destiny, but seemingly it couldn't. It could help them get more years on earth, but not purpose, not a hunger for destiny. It only comes when faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You have to make a determination to believe the words. You hear Paul said, you have believed this form of sound words. You obeyed it from the heart. I have spoken these things. I, have, I could go on the Bible forever to prove I'm not lying. Will you believe and obey from the heart? One day we will not be in the upper room. One day South Africa is going to change. Things are going to change. But would you have grasped and become possessed with your destiny? Would you have God bubbling over in your life, speaking about the tomorrow that you don't have to have a prophecy? I see in the realm of the spirit, can I prophesy? the angel of the Lord, the Holy Ghost inside of you will be constantly speaking explaining to you. Amen. You need no prophet, you have the Holy Ghost. But the prophet is saying to you, it's time to provoke your destiny. Amen. And so simply, we're ending with this. It's in the book. Number one, let me read the scripture. Ah, (laughs) Kalimantra Moniz Jovejaza. Yes, Shimalek Aninosha. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Jeremiah, I'm reading from Jeremiah 29. I'm reading from the Purpose and Destiny. We'll Previously, my mom's womb talking about destiny being provoked on page number 32, provoking the revealing. Let us look at Jeremiah 29 again. It says, Then shall you call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you, and you shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all your heart. And I will be found of you, saith the Lord. That's how simple it is. It says, "And thou shalt call upon me. Number one, you need to call upon God for that destiny. Then number two, you need to go. In other words, you need to position yourself. It was a. It was Habakkuk that said, I will go and put myself upon the watch. And see what he will say. So he went to a certain position. Like this man here, like this person. He put himself over the watch. You, you win. You must go. And then he prayed. Like Daniel prayed. He put himself in the mode. He went into fasting and prayed. He positioned himself spiritually. When he prayed, he asked the Lord, he says, and you shall go and pray unto me. He was telling him, you shall go. Where to? That's the question. He says, you shall call. You shall call God. Jehovah, Father. Oh, Father, speak to me. Let me hear the sound of your voice. You will go. After you call, you will go. And you will pray. You will pursue, you will beseech. you will pursue, my. And then he says, he said, I will hearken unto you. But he says, that is not enough. He says, And ye shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all your heart. And I will be found of you, saith the Lord. And then destiny will just keep on speaking. I know the plans they he said here before Jeremiah that I have for you. But when I turn when your moment like, the 70 years come the predestination when the kairos comes he says then you shall call go pray and seek. You have to provoke the destiny to step up to the throne of the room into that destiny. Not only should you call you should go you should pray, but you should also seek. And when you seek him, you find him. Amen. And everything about that destiny, he opens his big mouth and begins to vomit. And keep on vomiting. Because he's a God that likes foretelling. So I will teach instruct in the way that you show. I will guide you. You need him. More than information, you need the one that informs. The one that speaks the spirit of truth. He you received from Jesus and declared unto you. Amen. Let's stand. Thank you for listening to this message, and we hope it has been a blessing to you. Our goal is to change the way you see and know Jesus, leaving your life empowered, envisioned, and enriched. For more messages by Prophet Ryan Jacobs or for more information about the Empowered Church, go to www.empoweredchurch.com or view our YouTube channel, Empowered Church TV feel free to come join our life-changing services